Okay, it's um, we're, we're back. It's Jan. What is it? January what? Twenty sixth. Twenty sixth. Holy smokes! Um, wow, it's almost the end of January. That's crazy. It, wasn't it just New Year's? Yeah, it feels like it. Um, we uh, we got an interview today, the Lost interview. Um, uh, it was it ended up going to be like you know twenty five, twenty four minutes. It ended up being like what twelve or. 11 somewhere that because of all my tech difficulties we'll touch on that later in the uh episode right before the interview but i mean you know i, I think what's there is is okay um, yeah i i think it was a good interview and it definitely our most patient guest yeah yeah um so another segment of uh buy or sell um ryan i think it's your turn and, uh, you know, turn. three, three sports stories, three, uh, entertainment stories, but if they want to get these segments and upcoming ideas and guests mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff, before we get started, where can they find all this stuff? Where can they listen to us? How, how do they help us out? Yeah. Well, first you're going to find our show. You can find us on Apple. You can find us on Spotify. Uh, we're actually going to keep uploading the interview portions to YouTube as well. So if you want to watch those uh, in conjunction with the show, find us there and subscribe. Maybe not. if you're watching for I'm sorry. Maybe not this one. <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe not this one. Yeah, this this one was a little bit different, a little bit crazy. But uh, going forward with less tech issues, or hopefully next to no tech issues, that won't be too much of an issue. Uh, but social media wise, you know where to find us. Find us Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok for all the latest updates about the show, one-off clips about sports news from the day or entertainment news about the day. Uh, but again, that's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, to Ryan Sports Show. Find us on those platforms. Let us know your opinions on everything, but make sure you're following along on those platforms. Yeah, and let's uh, just dive right into it. Uh, we got a big episode, uh, championship recap, obviously, and we're going to debut a new segment on the back half called Conversation Corner. Conversation Corner will be um, a segment that me and Ryan – you know, collaborate. These are actually stories we actually have talked about off air that we would like to, you know, discuss. Um, it could be a mix of anything, you know. Uh, so, and it'll be one to two topics, um, basically 10 minutes a piece, and just really dive deep into stuff we feel that we should talk about. And it's uh, going to be another special Tuesday uh, segment, but I feel like it's going to be a great segment that we're debuting here. Yeah, we're looking forward to it, but looking forward to our first segment here buy or sell um so i i don't think we'll get too too awful deep into this sports subject we'll we'll talk about the game portion on, with our championship weekend recap but um everybody knows they watch the games if if you don't you can look them up online but one of the big stories after the games yesterday was the words of aaron Rodgers and the uncertainty of him being a packer in 2022 uh, or two, 2021, I should say, this upcoming season, uh, but 2021. So are you buying or selling that Aaron Rodgers will actually not be in a Packers uniform next year, or is he just going to finish out his career, and this is just some differences that they have to work out behind closed doors uh, regarding the entire situation from the game yesterday? Yeah, I think it's a sell right now. It it, it, uh, it almost strikes me as one of those – type of answers that veterans give who've been in the league, who've had really established careers. And it's a instinctive without really thinking about it type of answer. You know, I'm sure he's done a lot of that kind of thinking throughout the season, but 
I <clears throat> I feel like he actually has one year left, maybe in, in him, maybe two, because I feel like it it irks him the way things have gone in championship games. I mean, we don't have to talk about it now. We can talk about it in the game recap, but that decision to kick a field goal versus going for it, disgusting. Um, I mean, and, you know, we don't talk about that now. We'll talk about that during the game recap, but those kind of things. And, I mean, you know, when he had Mike McCarthy there and, and Mike McCarthy didn't go for it, you know what I mean? Like in a lot of big situations and, you know, Aaron would come back in late. Uh, we've talked about it, I think, a couple episodes ago. That season he played Chicago for the NFC North title, essentially, on that 425 game, essentially on one leg and still played in the postseason too. I mean, the guy is just incredible. Um, I feel like he has one left in him, though. Um, a, an interesting thing, though, I think that um, would actually maybe take him away from the game of football. And you can tell me what you think about, about this idea. <sighs> would you be shocked if he um, if he took over the hosting gig for Jeopardy? He's one of like just like nine or ten people that are hosting it, and he's talked about how much he loved doing Jeopardy, and it seems like something he would enjoy doing. I mean, the guy spends his off season going to places like Egypt and Cairo and, you know, Israel and all these different kinds of places. He goes to Italy or anywhere overseas and does like one time he was in Cairo, I read in an article and he went on fossil digging trips. You know what I mean? Like with, with paleontologists. I mean, the guy's just so more than just football. Um, but I think I'll sell it for now. Can you imagine being on one of those trips and, and just being like an average person of sorts and you turn around and you're like, oh, that's that's the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers that's that's on this uh, trip with us. That's not something that you can say about every expedition that you would go on. But um, actually, I I just want to buy it for the sake of difference, because and the reason I say that is, is I, I think Aaron Rodgers has established himself in Green Bay, but I still think back a little bit to the Jordan Love situation, and I don't think that's necessarily to say, hey, we're automatically going to replace you with this quarterback uh, from Utah State. I think it was more of a, hey, we just want to push you along move. But, you know, I, I can't imagine that Aaron Rodgers doesn't see that and notice that and still doesn't think about it at some points. I think Aaron Rodgers still has a couple good years left, but it's it's an understatement to say that he is – that he has to be disappointed at the results of the championship games. As long as he's been in the league and as, as good as he's played, as great of a quarterback as he's been, to only make one Super Bowl is still just a it, – it's just a crazy statistic. And it, it's almost unfair that a quarterback of his, of his standard has only made one Super Bowl. And it's not like he's had to go through Tom Brady every year. It's not like the NFC. Now, the NFC, again, admittedly has some great quarterbacks, but it's not the greatest of all time. I think of your your notion about him going to Jeopardy is interesting because I, I remember a couple of years ago, and I'm sure you do too, whenever Pat McAfee left football to go to Barstool Sports, and that was kind of a crazy little little thing. I, I just can't imagine the magnitude of how crazy that would be. Pat McAfee was a punter, and, and he's great at what he does, and he was great with Barstool, and then of course his own uh, his own podcast and, and shows now, but. Can you imagine that one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time is like, yeah, I'm upset. I'm just going to go host Jeopardy. Uh, I wouldn't say it's like out of the realm. Cause like I said, I mean, the guy is very interesting. I mean, um, Jeopardy though, that's a commitment, right? Like it's not like he would be doing that for 
I don't know, you know, five or 40 years, it, 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 it'd be like what Drew Carey ended up doing when Price is Right. You know what I mean? Drew Carey took the Price is Right job back in 2008, 2009. What is it? 2021. Mm-hmm. He's been doing it for, you know, 12 years already, which is insane. You know what I mean? It's like those kind of jobs. Like, um, I think really the only game show hosts that I can think of are game show where they've gone through multiple iterations of hosts is who wants to be a millionaire because that show keeps going on and off and on and off. And, um, but I mean, you know, I wouldn't think it's out of the realm. I just, I don't know. He strikes me as, as someone who's um, different, you know what I mean? He's not the average quarterback guy, like Peyton, everyone thought he was going to do broadcasting while Peyton ended up doing his own show. You know what I mean? Yeah. Peyton, Peyton and Eli are the ultimate commercial guys though. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Um, Speaking of commercials real quick, uh, you, you see where uh, there's not going to be any Budweiser or Bud Light commercials uh, this year? For the Super Bowl? Yeah. I guess I can go to the bathroom during the commercials now because they're uh, always the best no, ones. No, no Coke, Pep, uh, Coke, Pepsi, or Bud Light or Budweiser commercials, and all those companies are using the money that they would have um, put on commercials towards efforts of promoting uh, the vaccination of COVID. So. Mm. That was a I'm actually confusing. I'm actually in for that, but uh, I wonder if Quibi will um, make a return on a Super Bowl advertisement. Then <sighs> Quibi, they uh, so I scrolled through my Roku before I get to my first story. They uh, they're already promoting Quibi. Um, I don't know why. I mean, what what, do, what am I going to do? Watch ten minutes of a show and then boom, next one. You know what I mean? That is just uh, uh, Quibi, Quibi, Quibi. Um, so first story, kind of one of the entertainment stories uh, of the day, really, that has uh, dominated. Not really a surprise to why it's dominated. Um, Harry Potter is going to be developed into a TV series, and they are in the very early stages, but scripts have been wrote. Um, they're starting to look at casting, those kind of things, producers, directors, Um and it's going to be for HBO Max. It, it uh, you know, doesn't have a slate date yet. Uh, but I, if I was to guess at this stage, it'd be late 2022. Um, just knowing how long things take to edit and shoot um, a, a show, typically uh, a scripted show that's 10 episodes or eight. But I think I'll, I think I'll buy it. Um, I didn't like the Harry Potter spinoff movies. I don't know if you're a Harry Potter guy, but Fantastic Beasts, those were terrible. But the Harry Potter movies themselves um i loved i've never seen actually the first two harry potter movies because it always uh made me feel weird watching them as super young kids and then getting older and then like you know having these epic battles with these like witches and stuff like that but um i i love i love the fact that they're doing this i mean i feel like this is an area where we've talked about it many times before where using the massive amount of fans you have to your benefit and developing more world when there's absolutely more world you can explore plus there's a harry potter game coming out this year too so i feel like um this is a definite buy for me so my my lasting memory of harry potter is actually when we were i think we were freshmen in college now this is not a class that you and i had together but i had a a library class with five other female students who were all very big harry potter fans and the professor was as well um, and and I, I can't remember how the conversation went. They said something about one of the episodes, one of the movies or something or the other. 
And I admitted that I had never seen any of the Harry Potter movies. Um, and right in that moment, I saw my life flash before my eyes because I heard gaffes of all the students around me basically look at me and eyes point on me directly. And I, I thought that was it. I thought I was going to die. Um, and for that reason, because to this day, I've still never seen any of the Harry Potter movies. I'll sell it um, only because I'm, I'm just not a fan personally. Now, this is you're you're absolutely right on the fact that this is one of those worlds that you can keep expanding. And, and I think if done right, they'll be able to capture those fans because Harry Potter is one of those. I, I, I say this every time we bring it up, but it's one of those places that really has a cult following. People really get into it and, and there's still a lot of energy behind it. So if they can do it and do it right, and they'll be able to encompass the fan base and, and please them, that 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 seems to be the that seems to be the kicker, right? You can't go too far outside of the story, or you can't go too far outside of the realm of possibility, or the the diehard fans will come after you. So I think if done right, they'll be able to make it successful. Um, but but it's just another one of those stories in, in my eyes of how long can we beat something that obviously is successful, but how long can we continue it on before we have to say, okay, we, we need something different. And I, I realize other things will come in, but, but still. Yeah. We're, we're both in that camp. I think, uh, I, I think um, my, the, my love for star Wars, as you know, is just infinite amount, but you know uh, and I know that sounds crazy to say, I love, you know, a movie franchise or, you know, whatever an infinite amount, but I love it. I mean, you know, you've seen the tattoo, you know what I mean? Like uh, a lot, you know, that I have, and I'm getting more star Wars tattoos. Like the, the problem with Harry Potter, I, I think um, if, if they end up do having an issue is, it's going to be a spinoff. So you're going to still have the issue of not having the main characters, but Harry Potter films were based on books. They, they were based on books and I'm pretty sure the spinoffs were as well. I don't know that for a fact, but you know, there's set, there's eight books. There were seven films based on the books. And then an eighth one, you know, I think I read a, like, you know, part of the sixth book, half, half blood prince. Like, you, you, you got to make sure you do it in a right way where it doesn't offend people because, you know, people care about these things. You know, if you if you mess it up, I mean, they didn't do a good job on the spinoff movies. And there's a reason that out of those spinoff movies, there were supposed to be three. Well, there's still only been two. And it's because they haven't been very good. So. Yeah, well, they'll, they'll find their medium with that. But you're right. I think when you base it out of books, you're going to find people that have obviously both read the books and seen the movies or obviously prefer one to the other. It always seems that there's that camp of that too, but I digress. I, I think that those uh, Harry Potter, again, is one of those things that I, I see folks really kind of take to life with them. So hopefully for their sake that they enjoy it. Um, but as as a personal as a personal thing, I'll, I'll continue to sell it. But jumping back into the sports realm here, um, I want to talk about another quarterback. One thing that circulated the news cycle yesterday and really the last couple of weeks, I, I guess, kind of off and on. It doesn't really have a ton of traction, but it's really gaining that from yesterday. And that's that the Ravens want to be able to lock up Lamar Jackson long-term and go ahead and get that deal done early so they can have him as their quarterback of the future. Now, I'm not always one to judge a quarterback on their first couple seasons. Um, I think of the team that I support with Terry Bradshaw back in the 70s. If they would have based his career off his first four seasons, he might honestly be one of the worst quarterbacks of all time because he was replaced often. He was not given the starter realm, but he ended up winning four Super Bowls. 
Lamar Jackson won one playoff game, kind of got that monkey off his back, but hasn't really shown a lot of success otherwise. Hasn't made a Super Bowl, hasn't made an AFC championship game. I know he's early in his career, but are you buying or selling the fact that Lamar is the long-term solution in Baltimore and this contract is a, is a positive idea? I think I'll sell it because I think we know where I stand with Lamar, right? Where I think he's a flash in the pan. But the problem is as well, of course you want to have a quarterback and that's the main part of any NFL franchise to be successful, right? But on the back half of that is, if you pay a quarterback too much, AKA Joe Flacco, from when they were just down this road back in 2012, you don't have the option to sign pieces and build a team. I mean, when they signed Joe Flacco to that massive contract, Jacoby Jones was their number one, you know what I'm saying? And then they brought in Anquan Bolden uh, that off season, I believe it was, or the year after. Um, and they didn't really have a running game. You know what I mean? Like, and Ed Reed had just departed and Ray Lewis and they were focused on the quarterback, but in the longer term, they weren't building the team they, the way they should have. And I think what you want to do is maybe if anything, I know players don't like to do it, but franchise tag him, franchise tag him for a year, see what happens, you know, go the Dak Prescott route. Dak played great in his franchise tag year. And, you know, unfortunately, he would have got a big contract, but unfortunately, he got injured this offseason, uh, you know, during this season, excuse me, but maybe this offseason, he still finds himself with a big contract. But you have to, you have to balance things like that, because, I mean, who, who is their top wide receiver right now? Marquise Brown? Like, is he really a number one? You know what I mean? Like, um, and who's the running back? J.K. Dobbins now, you know, they let Mark Ingram grow, go and uh, who's their tight end? Is it Mark Andrews? Mark Andrews. I mean, I, I would say he's he's probably their best piece. So you, you have you have to balance, and I don't even really think they have that good of an offensive line. I, I think they're more middle of the pack in the NFL, but I, I think I'll sell it because I just don't buy him long-term. Well, I think, um, and I'm not just doing this for sake of difference through everything through this episode, I promise, but I'm going to buy it. And, and the reason that I say that is, is solely because – the NFL is a quarterback driven league and they will, they will commit to a quarterback. Any team is, is pretty much going to commit to a quarterback if they feel like they can kind of make them work um, long-term. But, but the issue with that is, is I think that you're going to end up having to develop his arm talent more. And, and I know we've said on this show too, that you have to let Lamar be Lamar. But the, the problem with that is, is that running quarterbacks kind of phase out after a while and, and his speed will be caught up to. And I mean, that's that's just the reality of the situation. So it's it's not so much that I, I don't think that he's a good quarterback. I think it's that once you get to the tail end of that deal, that things really aren't going to, they aren't going to be the same, right? He's going to be caught up to. You're going to say, okay, well, we need him to play in the pocket more. To your point about receivers, though, that actually made me think. Um, the Ravens are one of the famous teams for bringing in receivers to be their number one guy and not drafting them uh, because their draft history of receivers in the top few rounds is actually not great dating back to 2000. Uh, so as you were making your point, I was actually kind of looking through a little bit. So they've signed guys or traded for guys like Anquan Bolden, uh, TJ Hushmanzada, Steve Smith, Derek Mason was a good receiver for Baltimore for a while, but all their second or next stop, there was never a guy that they drafted. So I'd like to read you a few names uh, dating back to 2004. 
that they've drafted. So uh, Miles Boykin from a couple years ago, which I, I'm not 100% sure if he's still on the team. And if he is, I know he's not one of the superstars. Uh, Devin Duvernay from this past year, which, I mean, that's uh, it's too early to judge draft picks from 2020. Uh, Marquise Brown, good receiver. Uh, Chris Moore, Brashad Perryman, Torrey Smith, Yaman Figures, Mark Clayton, and DeVard Darling. I know one of those names on that list. <laughs> and that, in fact, maybe lies one of the problems is because when you're constantly ha having to trade for somebody, and the last thing I'm going to do here is knock the Ravens drafting ability because I personally think they're one of the best drafting teams in the NFL. They seem to get their most out of their players. But even the best drafting teams have a struggle in some area. Uh, I think of the Steelers, who is another great drafting team. They struggled to draft defensive backs there for about seven seasons, and it showed. Um, but the Ravens, historically, they have not drafted receivers well. So if you can get a little bit of help to Lamar Jackson, look, I don't think you have to turn him into an Aaron Rodgers or a Tom Brady where he's, you know, consistently up at, up at the line, changing plays, a pocket passer. But you have to give him the weapons that will help him succeed. Uh, but when you draft wide receivers at that clip, I think that's part of the problem. Uh, if they can keep Mark Andrews and develop some of these other receivers, Lamar will have a decent run in Baltimore, and, and I think he's there to stay. Yeah, they, they're, to me, they, um, they're the team with the most questions this offseason because it's like, where do they go from here? Because Tennessee is one of those teams for me as well, but I feel like Tennessee is pretty established. I mean, yeah, they lost Arthur Smith, but, I mean, the core group of that team that got them to the playoffs is still there, you know? So th those are two teams that stick out to me going into the offseason that have a lot of questions. So actually, you know, right on top of the Harry Potter news, actually the biggest entertainment news of all today, um, it's been reported by every major outlet you can think of. I want to ask you real quick, what do you think it is before I tell you? Well, I know over the weekend, um, for some reason, I can't think of the guy's name, but the guy split with Warner Brothers. We talked about him last week. Oh, no, that was that's a good guess, though. That's a good guess. Um, yeah, Chris Nolan, that, that's a great guess. Chris Nolan. But WWE Network, okay, WWE Network, it's a streaming service. Go figure, right? Um, I, don't, I don't even know if you knew that, but it's a streaming service that's been around since 2014. They have about a million point one subscribers, okay? A deal closed this morning about 8.30 a.m.-ish in that area. All of WWE Network's subscribers are going to be moved over to Peacock, and WWE Network will no longer exist as a platform in the U.S., only internationally, starting March 18th, meaning every single WWE pay-per-view, TV show, uh, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, whatever, uh, is going to be on Peacock at um, some of it premium, but then Peacock also has this thing on their app called Channels, and there's going to have a 24-7 uh, WWE channel dedicated to WWE programming. Um, I, and that's where you'll get like WrestleManias and stuff for, as long as you're a subscriber for $4.99 at least. I think I'll buy it. I think I'll buy it. I, um, it separates them. It separates them from the pack. 
because it's completely different, right? Um, some people have been saying though, and you can let me know what you think about this uh, comment. A lot of people have been saying this doesn't make sense because Peacock subscribers don't care about WWE and WWE subscribers don't care about Peacock. Like, you know, the WWE people want to watch, you know, don't want to watch The Office and vice versa. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that goes hand in hand at all. I think, I think really what it comes down to is it gives WWE way more subscriber base because they can see how hard it is to maintain a streaming service, right? They've been around since 2014 and only had a, a million, you know what I mean? So you get to watch the WrestleManias, you get to watch the SummerSlams and, and, and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, there, there's going to be tons of programming. Um, I, I know that you're not a WWE guy, but uh, you remember the last dance? One of the things that's going on Peacock and when they're transitioning their whole library is uh, a documentary. If you haven't seen it, it's fantastic. It's called The Undertaker Last Ride about him. Get, it's a five-parter about him getting ready for WrestleMania every year. I mean, the guy's a warrior. So I, I buy it, and uh, it's, it's intriguing news. It really is. I'm actually going to buy this, too. And, and one of the things that you said that I think is the most dangerous to do in this is to assume that people that are WWE people don't want to watch The Office because I think what's going to happen is, is people are going to go where they can watch the content that they want. And, and if, if you say like, oh, Peacock bought WWE Network, those folks who are on the WWE Network, I'm sure there's an overlap of subscribers to Peacock or folks that are willing to do it. So why would they not do it? I mean, what, you know, what, what person would say, well, I, you know, I don't want to watch The Office, so I'm, you know, I'm just going to get rid of it. So I'm just, I don't, I'm not going to see WWE content anymore. No, people are going to go where they're, where the entertainment that they want to watch is. And regardless if that's Peacock or regardless if that's its own network, people are going to follow that. And wrestling definitely has the fan base to do it. In fact, I think it makes it a little bit simpler for people. And, and I mentioned this in our TikTok over the weekend about the uh, NBCSN news. I think what's happened is, is we've, we've made this confusing for people where they have so many options that you don't necessarily know where am I going to get just the stuff that I want to watch? Because, you know, for, and I've said it a few times for somebody like me who just wants to watch sports or mostly sports, something like Fubo makes sense because it has all the sports channels, the exclusive channels that I can watch. So I'm like, okay, perfect. This is where it's going to be, but it's moving to the sense. And, and I'm going to be honest, it's moving to the sense where Peacock would also be one of those places that makes sense too, because that has a lot of the content that I want to watch. So I think what you're going to see is people just say, you know what? We just want simplicity, put stuff where it should go figure it out and then let's pick the ones that we like the most. And that's going to cause other places to adjust, but I don't know. I'm, I'm buying it too. I think it's a fine move. I don't think it hurts anything. It doesn't really cost folks anything more. And I think it's an opportunity to, so let me ask you this question for you. Were, were all the pay-per-views on the WWE network or were you playing for them exclusively oh, outside of, yeah. of the network? Oh, so kind of like an ESPN plus thing where you subscribe and then pay for the fight is, is what you're asking. Right. No, so um, so Peacock's basic tier is $4.99. So if you're a WWE Network subscriber, you get to move over. And if you want to pay for premium, you can. But you get to move over and you get Peacock for $4.99 at no charge. And if you want, want it for $9.99, you can. But if you were a WWE Network subscriber, $9.99, you got everything. You got the pay-per-views for 10 bucks essentially. You know what I mean? As long as you were a subscriber. And look, WWE Network 
it shows, right? It, it, it's pretty niche, right? I feel like WWE, maybe today, um, you know, I still watch it from time to time. And, and I know that I've told you that. And, it, you know, sometimes you look at me and, and grin, you know, but um, it, it, it's, um, it, it shows you how hard it is to do a streaming service, especially niche and something like that. But they've been around since 2014. They're not really part of the streaming wars. But it's such a great point you bring up because you, you got to make things simpler for people. And that's mm -hmm. one of the things this does because, you know, like we've talked about before, putting the office here, putting friends here, putting Seinfeld here, you know what I mean? You got, you're, you're paying for one show, but you know, I'm absolutely sure there are certain people, like you said, who paid for WWE network and paid for Peacock and those simplify things. And Hey, look, if you're watching the office on a Sunday night, come WrestleMania season, which is typically the weekend of the final four, um, why wouldn't you watch it if, if you're already paying four bucks? You know what I'm saying? You're, you're, you're not having to pay anything extra. And if you're WWE, you get into more households, you know, 1 million subscribers versus now you're going to have 31. Right. Seems like a kind of like a win situation and getting people to watch more of your programming. As, as with anything, you want it to be in front of more eyes. And, and the W, I, I would imagine if you looked at a trend, I, I haven't looked it up, but I would imagine if you looked at a trend, the WWE's probably went down over time with some of their like main cast of characters of, of the WWE universe kind of fading out and, and just getting older. Some of the, the best wrestlers of all time have done that. So I, I would imagine that they're probably trying to bring that back to a point where uh, they feel sustainable, sustainable. And, and, you know, that's, that's a way to do it. Why, why not put the, uh, put the eyes on people? Look, the thing about the WWE is I don't watch it anymore, but I have a lot of respect for those athletes because that's exactly what they are. I understand that people, you know, want to think of it more as, you know, I, I want it to be wrestling. Like I don't want to pretend that it's, or I don't want to like say that it's fake. I, I want to pretend that it's real and I want to see that. But even at the, the value of what it is, is entertainment, those people are great athletes. I don't care if it's scripted or not. You can't, you can't deny the fact that those guys and, and girls are all great at what they do. All of those athletes are fantastic at the performances. So if nonetheless, you have to appreciate that. But I, I think it's to be seen. And last thing I'll say is like, look, they tear people who wrestle, like they'll tear their ACLs, they'll tear their rotator cuffs, like, you know, they still get injured and you know it is scripted but accidents happen and the second thing is what it really does is help peacock as well because peacock's not going to lose subscribers over wwe someone's going to sign up for peacock for other stuff there is way more stuff than just wrestling and there was uh in one of the articles i read today a trend showed at wrestlemania time and it makes sense but uh subscribers would double for the week before wrestlemania for wrestle like just to watch wrestlemania and then all those people who signed up boom canceled back down to like a million so you would go from like 2.9 to like a mil you know what i mean so you're not going to really have that because i'm still i'm watching the office right now yeah i'm you're right they're they're not going to lose anybody they'll only stand to gain people and you know maybe maybe it entices more people to watch wrestling which i would assume is the ultimate goal so um, moving into my last sports story here. So this is one that uh, has came up with a little bit of somber news. I know we're a couple days behind on this. Uh, we, we did a, a little TikTok about it too, but um, Hank Aaron, the, the legendary baseball player passing away last week. 
755 home runs, almost very close to 4,000 hits. One of the best players of all time. Uh, I think one of the names that's really transcendent outside of sports. So uh, this is more of an overarching debate more than it is a, obviously a debate about his passing. Um, obviously a lot's made about the steroid era of baseball and everybody wants asterisks on the baseball era or that steroid era of baseball. Um, do you buy or sell the fact that Hank Aaron, even though in second place uh, with Barry Bonds as the all-time home run leader, do you buy or sell that Hank Aaron is the true home run king, or do you still give that title to Barry Bonds with the uh, potential asterisk, asterisk that people like to give? Well, before I get into my point here, also the day after Hank Aaron passed, Larry King passed away. Um, and, you know, that was two sad you know, passings that happened at, at the beginning of 2021, you know what I mean? Um, especially Hank Aaron, who did a lot for outside of baseball, as you pointed out. I mean, he was a civil rights movement leader. Um, just earlier this month, he had got vaccinated for, uh, for, for COVID, him and his wife both. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, he, to show people, hey, it's safe, you know what I mean? But, you know, maybe this is a hot take. I actually think Barry Bonds is the home run king, and here's why. Barry went through scrutiny, but he also on, on that summer in 2007, I was watching sports center every day for, for baseball plays way before you could get just MLB extra and, you know, where you can get apps now and not have to worry about going through cable providers and paying for every game for every team. Um, and I'll never for like, and I wasn't around for Hank Aaron or any, and either were you, I know you're way into baseball more than I am. And I'm just more of a casual person for postseason and, and like August type area. But I mean, when he hit that home run to, to beat Hank 756, I might YouTube it tonight when I'm editing this thing. Um, it's, it's insane. And, you know, but when Hank Aaron passed babe, that video is so impressive. Um, it's just a shame that people don't want to put Barry in because of steroids. Like we've talked about it before, there should be a steroid wing because Barry changed the game. You know what I mean? And, and um, you know, when he passed Hank, Hank came out and, and said, you know, uh, Barry is, you know, a, a great person and, and, you know, gave the answers you want to hear. And it's just, I don't know, man, I, records in baseball are kind of weird because like some people have insane records like Ichiro, who played through the steroid era and he'll be a first ballot. And then you have people like Roger or Manny or, you know, Barry Bonds who have records and they're never considered at all. So. So I'm, I'm actually going to, I'm actually going to sell the, the fact that Aaron is the home run King and, and I would give it to Bonds too. And, you know, I think some of it is, is that I think Bonds is, is a great baseball player, regardless of, of the steroids or not. I've always been in the camp that, he would have been a hall of famer if you didn't consider those years because of his years, a lot with the pirates and some with the giants too. Um, the, the one thing you brought up that I do find interesting and I actually really, um, really like kind of the, the argument there is the, the clips of bonds and Aaron uh, in their home run, their home run quest or their home run uh, notch, if you will. Certainly bonds is iconic. And much like you mentioned, I, I was one of those people who was tuning in in that day and really wanted to see it and, and was like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta be part of this history. Even if I'm in West Virginia and they're in, they're in San Francisco. Um, I, I think even if you consider Barry bonds, the home run King, 
Hank Aaron's home run will always be more iconic. And I think that clip of him hitting 715 will always be a more uh, universal clip than Barry Bonds's. And one of the reasons, and, and I certainly don't want this to be like a, a political point of sorts, but, you know, look, look back to when Hank Aaron hit that. We're still talking an age where, um, you know, segregation was something that was still very prominent in this world. It's a, it's an era where racism was much more rampant and it was a, it was a very trying time for the black community. So for him, somebody who was receiving hate mail and death threats for breaking Babe Ruth's record, a, a in the scope of the world, a minuscule record of a game. It's it's crazy to me that people would think that way and, and basically throw themselves at him that way. But for him to break the record, it was an accomplishment um, of the world and certainly of the black community to say, this this guy is one of the greatest baseball players ever. And and you mentioned it too, Ryan, his, his work goes far beyond the scope of baseball and, and what he's done and his advocacy. Uh, we certainly lost a legend in Hank Aaron, regardless of how you feel about the Barry Bonds and Hank Aaron debate of the home run king. We certainly lost a legend of the game, and and it's it's a very sad time. But uh, one of the one of the greatest ever. There's there's no doubt about that, and and I don't think anyone can argue that point. No, no, ab absolutely not. And um, uh, I, I know you're um, a, a sports movie guy. Have you ever seen them? Uh, real quick before we move on, you ever seen the movie about Babe Ruth, just called Babe? John Goodman's in it. You know, I, that's one Babe. of the ones that I've had on my list. Um, I've never actually got around to it. it it's one of the, I, I would call it maybe lesser known baseball. Yeah. I, I know it's a relative, I know it's a baseball movie, but like when I think baseball movies, I'm, I'm thinking like uh, Eight Men Out, Bull Durham major league, like some of the more, the Sandlot, even though it's not necessarily about, you know, an actual baseball team, but uh, some of the more like iconic films of that. And I feel like that one misses it a little bit, but um, I, I I would like to see it eventually. Yeah, no, it, it's not very good. <laughs> Maybe I'll take it off my list then. Yeah. Um, final point on my end. Um, this, this is interesting. Um, John Boyega, who played uh, Finn, um, in the last uh, three set of the Star Wars movies that tied them, you know, all the Skywalkers together there. And um, I, I, I like the ending. Um, critics didn't like it, but um, a lot of Star Wars fans did. If it wasn't for that middle movie, The Last Jedi, I think, and J.J. Abrams wouldn't have left. And because he did the, the, the first and the, the third on the third set, but he didn't do the middle. And a lot of people were split down. Anyway, anyway, if, if, if he would have done that and his vision would have came together on that, because he spent a lot of the last movie rewriting of what he wanted for the story, but it ended up working in, in my eyes. Um, said that when you do a big luxury film franchise like Star Wars, like a Harry Potter, um, James Bond, you know, any of those kind of uh, big uh, franchises there, you're putting yourself in movie jail. And kind of takes you back right um like those those are films i think any actor would would want to be in you know what i mean for the most part i mean if you look at the people who played in the marvel movies avengers um scarlett johansson chris evans like robert downey jr you know all those actors are still doing great projects and, and um you know i I find that comment interesting. I, I have to sell it because 
there, there's no way to me that it, it, it feels like that. Now, some people might get typecasted as a role for the rest of their lives. You know what I mean? That's a problem, but it's not like you're not going to get other projects, you know? So how far does this, and, and this is more of a rhetorical question. I know you, you didn't ask the question to hear him say that, but how far does this take go back? Like, are you saying that all Star Wars actors like get, get, basically bonded into those roles. I, I think Harrison Ford had a pretty successful acting career. Wouldn't, exactly. wouldn't you say? Yeah, now, <laughs> I mean, now people in those franchises, I mean, if you look at the big scope of the Star Wars franchises, it's not good. And it backs up his statement. Like Harrison Ford did, Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill, from what I'm aware, weren't in any other really big projects. Now, then again, they're from the seventies and eighties. Maybe they were, and I just don't know about it. Um, then the second set, you had the prequels. Ewan McGregor, he's still in some decent things. I mean, he's getting ready to film Obi One, ironically enough, here in you know uh, a week's time, starting on that. And then Natalie Portman, everyone knows Natalie Portman. She's in she's in good stuff all the time, but it it, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good because I mean, I feel like you're in the camp though. Maybe you can. I'll, you'll say your point in a minute, but I feel like you're in the camp. Like it does hurt you sometimes to be in those projects. Not always. It it, it does to a sense, but okay. So let, let's look at, I'll, I'll put my devil's advocate on this side. So say you're a person that has pretty much exclusively been in the star Wars movies. Is that really a bad thing to say about your career? Yeah. I was in star Wars movies. I made a bunch of money being a star Wars actor because they just continue to make more star Wars movies and, prequels and tv shows what a terrible life i mean if that's what you have to associate your name with in the acting world is it really that big of a deal to be in movie jail i i think that's kind of what we all would aspire to be in some sorts yeah maybe we would want to do different things certainly there's a history of actors saying i don't just want to be typecasted i understand that but i mean if if i had something to hang my hat on like star wars or a marvel franchise that i was in regularly big deal i'll sell it I'll give you my two best examples, and I feel like you'll actually probably agree with me on this. The two best examples of being typecasted, but they're absolutely great in, in other projects that they do. Now, the movie might not be a hit, but that doesn't mean they're, they're bad in the movie. You know what I'm saying? And you, you know exactly what I'm talking about with that, those mm -hmm. kind of things. Robert Downey Jr., Iron Man, right? Everyone sees him down the street. They don't even, I, I, bet, I bet they say, hey, there's Iron Man. And then Christian Bale was Batman. Christian Bale's been in, in one of the best movies. One of the best movies I've seen in the last like six, seven years was The Big Short. Um, it's in like the top 30 mo movies I've seen. Like people look at him and they assume just Batman, but like he's been in many other things. Yeah, I mean, certainly you get pushed into those roles, but I think there's also the other side of it too that, yeah, maybe you don't want to be known as that forever and you want to talk about other roles. But I think that's also kind of the... <laughs> it's almost like the goal of media in some sorts, because if you have that, those fan followings behind you, you would embrace that because there's, there's, I'm sure that they're probably still making money off of those movies in some reason, you know, when those movies, Dark Knight's played in succession all the time on TV, is it not? I feel like that's always on FX or FXX or how many ever X's they can put behind an F, but what, you know, whatever it is, there's still be there's still those roles and, and people will still know them as that. I don't think it's a bad thing. I think I think you may see it that way if you're in it constantly and you have to answer questions about Star Wars or 
or those, you know, superhero roles. But I think the other side of it too is, is, you know, as fans, you have to understand that there are other people too, because I think about it in terms of the office. We, we've joked about this before, but when you see John Krasinski or Jenna Fisher in another role, you can't just be like, Oh, that's just banned from the office. Like they do do other things and other people do, but you are, you are consistently known as the best role that you play. And, and I think that's something that everybody has to understand is, is that, Hey, look, if you're still going to make money as Christian Bale as Batman or, or Robert Downey as Iron Man, uh, do it because there's always going to be money involved when it comes to those franchises. Yeah. Yeah. Um, John Krasinski is a good one. I think we have talked about him before. Cause like, I can't watch Jack Ryan, not because like, it's not great, but like when I watch it, um outside of the fact of the show not being very good i look at it and i'm like oh that's jim you know what i mean um right and, and it doesn't help the show's not good but just like you said like they they do other projects all the time so um the lost interview um <laughs> uh the tech difficulties uh not great not great uh but steven was very patient um you know before we get into the interview the things you won't get to hear in this due to my tech difficulties um him talking about vince and and breaking bad um and how transcendent it was and also how amazing and grateful he was to get to work in albuquerque all the time i mean that's that's one thing that sticks out in my mind um you know in the part of the interview that you know we can't air obviously because we lost it but what sticks out in your mind in the part that we lost i think him just talking about the camaraderie of the cast and and i i you know that's just it's something that you don't always think about when it comes to a, a cast of people especially one that is seven seasons longer or maybe even longer for certain shows but it's it's incredible to know that not only he was able to make it and and he said it um making it from his hometown he didn't want to have to move to la he didn't want to be a part of that scene he wanted to make it from from albuquerque and to play such a prominent role in such a prominent franchise, I mean, that's that's a pretty great thing to be able to say that. And, and again, it, it you know, if your cast is that forever, that's great, right? You always can be that because you had that great run. But just the camaraderie of the cast and, and honestly, like we said it before, but Stephen with us, very patient, very understanding and uh, really enjoyed the conversations. Conversations, I say, too, because we had two. Uh, but... Uh, the conversations we had were great and very understanding and, and very insightful. And now our interview with Stephen Michael Krizada. All right. We now welcome on actor and politician, uh, very well known for his role in Breaking Bad, Stephen Michael Krizada. Stephen, thank you for joining in with us on the Two Ryan Sports Show today. What's happening, Ryan and Ryan? <laughs> yeah, easy, easy to remember the names. Oh, hey, yeah, man. So if I, if I, if I get if I forget your name and I call you Ryan and then I call you Ryan I I I, I apologize I meant to call you Ryan and you Ryan. We we I'll might tell you just... what you won't forget this experience that's for sure. <laughs> I will not. I will not. <laughs> and neither will you. That's cool. No. Yeah, for sure. That's <laughs> so that's okay. So uh, we'll we'll explain everything on on the interview there so we'll we'll jump back a little bit here just to you know just to give everything in, in full perspective okay. here but uh, Stephen, again, we, we appreciate you doing this and, and we would do want to talk a little bit of sports and, and other stuff here, but um, I would be, I would be crazy not to ask you first about your role in Breaking Bad and, and, and kind of how much you enjoyed that. And, and when did you really know that, that everything was clicking on that show? What was kind of the, what was kind of the point for you there? 
Yeah, we didn't know. You know, I'll tell you, when I read the script, uh, I knew it was something special. Um, you know, we always want to think that what we're doing is special. Uh, but uh, and I try to look at every project that way and, and, and bring that kind of, you know, bring your A game to every every project that you work on. Um, and, uh, but we, we weren't sure, you know, uh, we were on a, we were on a new, new network. AMC was kind of a different type of network. We didn't know how that was going to play. They had Mad Men, Walking Dead. Those were starting. Mad Men were already winning awards. Um, they had a great writing team, you know, uh, Walking Dead had a huge following and, you know, we weren't sure we were going to fit in that. Um. I tell you what, though, the numbers that we got in the first couple of seasons were on network television. We would have never survived that. And, but because we were on AMC, right, they were like, okay, we're going to do another season. We'll try another season. So it was like season three is when it kind of just hit Netflix, um, blew up, you know, just freaking blew up, man. And, uh, and I'm not talking in the United States. I'm talking in the world. Uh, it blew up all over the world. I mean, I was getting emails from all over the world. Um, you know, I'm a comedian by trade. Uh, that's what I do for a living. That's how I fed my family. And, you know, and, and now when I was on tour, man, the crowds were packed. People were coming in. You know, it was it was crazy, man. It was just, you know, I, I, I couldn't go to Walmart. You know, my wife was like, man, I, I don't want you to go to Walmart with us no more, you know. And uh, I know people are asking, why am I going to Walmart? And let me tell you something, I did not make Brian Cranston money. I made Gomi money. So I still shop at Walmart. Uh, and so I had three daughters. I have to, you know, I got to pay for that. Uh, as you guys, I don't know if you guys have kids, man, but girls are expensive. There's no shame in that. So just to ask though, when, whenever, whenever you're going into Walmart, are you getting stopped like every aisle? Can you even get in the yeah, door? Man. You can't even really get through it, man, standing in line, going to restaurants, you know. Uh, most people are really cool, though, man. They'll wait till you finish eating, mm -hmm. right? And then when you stand up, then they'll, you know, once you stand up, boy, then they come, right? Can I get a picture? Can You know, and, and it's easy. These days, it's more about a picture, man. It's not autographs or any of that anymore. We're looking for a pen or whatever, you know. Everybody's more up to it's a quick selfie, so it's, it's, you know, I, look, I appreciate my fans, man. I, I've been in, this is a long journey for me. I ain't a spring chicken. And so uh, I've been working towards this since I was 16 years old. So I like it, but I don't like that it cuts into family time, man. Because, you know, when, you, when you're as busy as I am, you know, as a commissioner and a comedian and an actor, I work seven days a week, man. So every moment that you have with your family is precious. And so... You know, and, and, and then you're not allowed to have a bad day, right? You can't have a bad day. If you have a bad day in public, people go on, on social media and they bash you and, you know, and it's so it's, it's tough, man. It, it changes your life, you know, in, in a good way, 99% in a good way. And for everybody, there's that 1%, you know. But like you said, you never broke bad. So I'm, I'm sure you handle it. I'm sure you handle it well. Yeah, man, I, 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 I really felt like I was sort of Gomi, man, you know. Uh, Gomi was a good dude, um, kind of sticks by the rules, you know. I grew up, I grew up in a military family, you know, my father, my father served in uh, World War II, Korea, and two tours of Vietnam. So, yeah, you know, my dad did the war for us, man, but, but 
through that, he taught us that, you know, you treat people with respect, um, you know, be grateful for what you have, right? So many people are, they're so worried about what they don't have that they forget to remember what they do have, you know? Uh, I was telling you guys before, you know, just because you're having a bad hour doesn't mean you're having a bad life. And just because you're having a bad, you know, day doesn't mean you're having a bad life, man. And, you know, so that th those are good lessons to remember uh, that, you know, life's too short, man, to worry about, you know, what you, what you get, what you, what you got, uh, you know, you got to remember that your family and, 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 and all those things that are important to you, that's what matters, man. Yeah, I'm going to take that uh, definitely in stride because uh, for a little behind the scenes for all of our listeners, Steven's the most patient guy we've ever dealt with by far. Uh, we've had massive tech difficulties over here this evening where uh, my computer keeps crashing, my Zoom keeps crashing. Um, but uh, hey, that's uh, the name of the game sometimes with tech. Um, my, my question for you is, um, you've lived in uh, Albuquerque your whole life. What's your low-key favorite place to eat? Like uh, a spot that, you know, no one would know unless they were watching like Food Network, you know, like Diners, Drive-Ins and Dives, like a show like that, or, you know, they, they were a local. So my favorite spot is, uh, it's called La Mexicana. And it's, it's uh, owned by a really good friend of mine who uh, is a, uh, um, he's a, uh, he's a drummer, right? For, for a band, a local band. And so, you know, I've, I know all the musicians in town because I was always a comedian. I'd opened up for all the bands, you know, my whole life. So I always kind of hung out with musicians and his mom has this restaurant, man, that has the best New Mexican food and it's New Mexican food, right? A lot of people don't know there's a difference between Mexican food and New Mexican food. So we actually have food that's named after our state, right? Uh, and I told you guys earlier, you know, my family goes back 400 years here, man. So the, our, our food is, and everybody on Breaking Bad was hooked on, on, on our chili, man. Even Brian Cranston goes, who eats breakfast without chili, you know? I mean, they spent six years of their life here. So they're hooked on our, you know, they're hooked on our stuff. Um, so, you know, definitely New Mexico food, but you want to get the local person, the little hole in the wall, man. That's, you know, I mean, I'm sure you guys have that in, in where you come from. It's not that big fancy rest. It's not Applebee's or Chili's or it's any of that, right? It's that, it's that hole in the wall uh, restaurant where you go in and you know you're going to get something that is you know, as close to home cook as you possibly get, man. That's, that's where the real food happens, man. Made with love. So, you know, Taco Bell is not Mexican food. <laughs> I feel like we shouldn't have to say that. I feel like everybody should know that, but yeah, you're endorsed. I mean, again, it's, we're, we're both from a very small town. So it, it kind of, you fall into that trap a lot, right? So you have to, you have to find the mom and pop shop shops. Yeah. yeah. And you know, but you know that, right? So you live in a good place, right? When you live in big cities like this, man, it's, you know, and you, and you live in, in the poor neighborhoods, you know, what they do is that's where they put Taco Bell and McDonald's right. and, and Burger King and, you know what I mean? And, and so you don't feed, you're not feeding people well, man. You're, you know, and I get it. It's affordable, man. It's affordable for people um, who are barely, you know, making ends meet. And so, I don't put it down. It has its place, but that's not where you get good food, man. So sure, sure. 
Well, we, we are sports, sir. So I would be, I would be crazy again, not to ask you about, um, you know, sports and, and kind of where your interest lies in uh, professional or college sports. I know being in New Mexico, there's not a professional team per se, um, no. but do you kind of fall into the Arizona realm? Do you go over to Texas with your professional sports? Well, my dad's from Texas, right? So my mom, my mom's family goes back 400 years here. My dad is from Texas and you weren't allowed to be in his house unless you were a Dallas Cowboy fan, um, you know? And so I've, I've been a Dallas Cowboy fan from a little kid. Um, I'm, I'm a big Dodger fan when it comes to baseball. Uh, one of my good friends, and I don't know if you guys remember Pedro Guerrero uh, mm -hmm. that played for the Dodgers. He's the one that hit the, the grand slam uh, home run to win the World Series in 81, I think it was. Mm -hmm. uh, and so he married a girl from my high school and he played with the Albuquerque Dukes. It's the Isotopes now, but it used to be the Albuquerque Dukes, which was the farm team for the Dodgers. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we became friends. I used to hang out with the, with with them, you know. And uh, and so I was always, but I was a big Dodger fan anyway. But that even made me a bigger Dodger fan. Uh, basketball, you know, I'm a Laker fan. Um, and uh, but in college, uh, college football, I like Notre Dame. Um, and I've always been a Notre Dame fan. I just didn't get on the bandwagon because they're doing well. I've, I've, I've been through the bad seasons with Notre Dame too. And, um, but my favorite like tournament is college basketball, man. Mm -hmm. Sweet 16. Uh, I mean, March Madness, right? The whole, the whole March Madness. I, I think that's my favorite time of, to watch sports in, in a, in, you know, in a, in a, in a consistently you know what's going on who's winning you know more more involved in that like i am in nfl uh but i'm a golfer so that's my sport that i play um uh, i don't my wife she'll divorce me if i watch the whole golf tournament <laughs> so what i do is i watch sunday i watch the last day and then i'll watch the last couple of hours so i justify that you know because she's mad because there's monday night football there's Thursday night football. There's Saturday night football now. There's Sunday night football. She's all, man, that's, you know, she says, that's bull, man. I go, no, it's not. I go, because there's Housewives of Atlanta. There's Housewives of New Jersey. You know? I go, so we're even. We're even now. Everybody gets their nights. Everybody gets yeah. their nights. So, but, yeah. but you had a little bit of an up and down year then, because obviously being a Lakers fan, a Dodger fan, you had quite a, quite a year there, but also the Cowboys. And I mean, I'm, I feel like calling Notre Dame. Let's be honest. They were struggling with Dak. They were still struggling with Dak, man. So that wasn't, that's not the reason, man, that defense, the defense, you know, I don't know if it's coaching man, Cause right. They changed the coach out. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, the, the defense, anybody can move the ball in the Cowboys, man. It was like, they didn't even have to have a game plan to come in and do it, man. And it was hard to watch with the, you know, with all the guns you had uh, on the offense. Um, the offensive line actually got better as, as the season went on. So it wasn't so bad, but not good enough from them, you know, to lose their quarterback. Um, but, uh, you know, I'll stay hopeful. I'll stay hopeful that they figure it out. Uh, but what I love about the NFL is there's a lot of good teams now, man. There's no dynasties anymore. Um, you got to play the game on Sunday. And you, even the Cowboys, even as bad as they were, 
you know, people barely beat them by three points here, two points there, you know, they still squeaked, you know, they still squeaked past us. Um, and that's what made it, makes it exciting. You know, that's the, thing, that's the cool thing about a Cowboy fan is our team makes it, they don't care if they're playing the worst team or the best team, man. It's always that last minute field goal, you know, win or lose. And so, so it's exciting. That's what sports is all about. It's entertainment. Um, but, uh, um, yeah, but it was a, the Dodgers, man. World Series was off the hook. Uh, but we went two years with disappointment. Sure. Yeah. Going all the way to the dance and not knowing how to dance, man. <laughs> you know, that's sad. That's hard to watch, man. Well, uh, Stephen, uh, you know, typically uh, Ryan does uh, the exits uh, on, on these. But, uh, you know, from the both of us, we, we thank you for uh, being patient on all of our tech difficulties. Um, yeah, you know, sure. uh and uh, hopefully down the road when we interview you, we're not going to have uh, all this. And, uh, hey, don't worry. We'll tell, we'll tell Tommy you said hi. Yeah, man. Tell Tommy Chong I said hi, man. That's my friend. <laughs> tell him I'll see him at the George Lopez Golf Tournament again. Okay. Uh, absolutely. We'll have do it that. Again. Yeah. Castle this year. I think they'll have it this coming year, man. I'm, I'm hoping, man. <laughs> I, I, if, I don't, if I don't get a vaccine, I'll just wear a bubble on my head, man. But I'm going to go play. I'm going to go play. Perfect. Hey, Stephen, again, we, we really do appreciate everything with. Sure, man. With, you don't worry about them. it, man. It was cool. It was fun. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I got to ask you one other question here, just quick off air. Um, I know you did the movie three from hell and we're yeah. big. We're, you know, I know you said you're a classic rock fan. So is working with Rob Zombie something that's uh, pretty damn cool. He's cool as hell, man. I just didn't, I didn't know what to expect. Right. How do you expect, what do you expect? You know, first of all, you get a call, I'm like, hello, and they go, is this Stephen Stephen Michael Quesada? I said, yeah, this is him. He goes, this is Rob Zombie. And I go, yeah, right, man. Yeah, <laughs> Rob Zombie's calling Stephen Michael Quesada. Yeah, right. And he goes, dude, who's going to call you and imp impersonate Rob Zombie? And I go, oh, that's a good point. <laughs> he goes, hey, man, I'm, gonna, I'm doing my prequel, Three from Hell. You know, I do all my own casting. I don't make you read. I just cast. I just say, do you want to do the part? Or you don't want to do the part that's how he does his movies mm -hmm. and i'm like you know because he, he sounded just very you know i don't know what i expected he sounded regular i don't know what else to say he just sounded you know actually intelligent right and so it was just like um yeah sure man let's do it you know goes, oh great put you down i'm gonna call your agent now we're gonna work it out and i'm like okay cool man so then you get on set you know and he does, he wears those big old heels. I mean, he dresses, he doesn't, you know, he, he, he lives who he is, but he's like this super nice patient, like really, you know, he's really cerebral, man. He's really smart, man. He's, uh, you know, that's why he's successful, man. He saw a niche, he saw a lack in a niche and he took and he jumped all over it. And, you know, and he's made a lot of money doing it, man. And he's got a lot yeah. of followers and fans. And his wife is like, She's a super sweetheart, you know what I mean? They're just like out of their way, nice, nice people. You know, you get sure. those people that go way out of their way to be super nice. That's him and his wife. And I'm like, why did you pick Rob Zombie, man? You know? <laughs> but it's just who he is, you know, and it's it's a show. And, and he's a showman and he's, uh, you know, and I get it. I get the genius behind it. I do, man. Sure. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I, I saw that and I was like, man, I got to ask because, you know, like we said, we're big rock fans. So I have to ask that. But 
Hey, Stephen, again, we, we do appreciate it. And we do appreciate your patience through everything. And uh, again, I hope that you continue to stay safe with everything. Hope your wife continues to stay safe with all the craziness that's happened. So I know you to stay safe there and hopefully we'll catch up again soon. Okay, man. You guys too, man. It was nice meeting you guys. Well, it, it, it's a bummer. We didn't get the whole thing, but um, you know, he, he, he was a nice guy. And uh, next time we have him on, because, you know, we, we don't want that to be our one uh, encounter with Steven. Um, we're we're going to have um, a, a legitimate interview. No, well, I, I think, again, he's he's certainly the most understanding person we've ever had as far as uh, everything going on, because um, I can understand if something like that was happening and, and I was a guest or what, you know, whatever it may be. I, I can see where that would be frustrating, but he was uh, very gracious and very understanding. And, and if nothing else, I'll always appreciate him for that alone. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we're going to debut conversation corner on the back half of our recap. And, you know, let's just dive right into it. Um, let's work our way from the late game first backwards. Um, if you could want to call it a late game, I actually fell asleep because it was so boring. Just watching Kansas city um, really take the hopes and dreams of my Buffalo prediction that I've had for what, uh, like five, six weeks now of them wow. going to the Super Bowl, And, um, yeah, it's just not true, obviously. Um, it, it was almost like watching Bo Jackson Tech Mobile. Um, just everyone zigzagging on the field and big play after big play after big play. And it's frustrating to watch those kind of games because, like, I like to see competitive. But Josh Allen did have a couple of, like, whoa, what are you doing type of plays. And it feels like he has those sometimes in playoff moments. I mean, he had one in the Houston game last uh, last year, and then he had one actually in the Baltimore game, <laughs> you know, uh, last week. So it, I don't know what it is about playoffs. Maybe it's just, you know, he's still trying to get acclimated to that. I don't know. But, I mean, he he's obviously a proven winner, right? Um, he's definitely brought up his game. Kansas City, look – Kansas City, um, they're, they're very good. I don't think they're great. The reason I don't think they're great is because they do give up points and they do give up a lot of yards, even when Buffalo was down like they were yesterday. The problem with them going into the Super Bowl is what, what adjustments are they going to make to Tampa that Tampa is – because Tampa, they got smoked in that game where they played in that regular season matchup. And Tampa absolutely has adjustments for Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey because that's who chewed them up in that first game on that CBS primetime. But I don't know what Kansas City has for them because Tom Brady didn't play well that game. And at that point, they didn't really have a running game. So Kansas City um, on the AFC side, and they have something, you know, no team has had a chance to do since really the Seahawks. Um, the Seahawks in Kansas City, which is repeat as chance. And, uh, you know, it, it almost feels like the Kansas City Chiefs are like the new Golden State Warriors, but on the NFL side, right? Like they win, but it's so hard to win back-to-back in the NFL versus the NBA. So I know you say Kansas City's not great, but I think that outside of the 2007 Patriots team, I think you are watching some of the best football teams that we've ever been alive for with Kansas City. I I think that they have cemented themselves as one of the best football teams of the past 25 years. And 
I understand that they give up points. And I think some of that kind of falls into a discussion we had on the front half that when you pay uh, a quarterback $50 million a year, approximately, you're going to give up places. Uh, but when your quarterback is Patrick Mahomes and he's that good, you're not typically worried about him in shootouts because you're like, oh, we gave up 35 points, but he can score 52. So it's not like it matters. And I just think that I think that's what we're witnessing. And I, I think that it, it does come on more of the heels of the offense when it comes to Kansas City. And and look, Buffalo didn't have a bad season. You know, I understand it's a disappointment and players say it all the time. Coaches say it all the time. The ultimate goal is not the Super Bowl. There's no moral victories. We, we've heard all these cliches. And in fact, I agree with all of them. But for Buffalo to make it to the championship game, that that has to feel good for the city of Buffalo. But we're 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 looking at a team that might be the dynasty of the AFC for many, many years to come, as long as Patrick Mahomes is in that role. Um, you know, one thing just looking uh, and, you know, I won't get too much into it because certainly we'll have a big Super Bowl week. But when it comes to the matchups, I mean, last year, last year in the Super Bowl, Tyreek Hill and, and Kelsey certainly had some fine plays, but. I remember Damian Williams and Meek, Nicole Hardman being the guys that were, uh, you know, making plays there too. So I think that they can find other weapons. Patrick Mahomes will certainly do it. And I mean, I don't, if anybody questions how great of a player Patrick Mahomes is, you just, you just don't watch the sport. That's, that's just the end of the conversation is, is number 15 is incredible. Did you see the stat yesterday that Patrick Mahomes, has not lost a football game by more than one possession since 2016. Yeah, the Texas Tech-Iowa uh, State thing, right? Right. So he has not lost an, a, an NFL game by more than one possession in his life. Now, I mean, that, that stat is kind of meaningless when you talk about going into the Super Bowl. But how good of a how good does he make a team that when he's on the field, you can virtually guarantee that you're either going to win as they've done a lot in his tenure or that you're in the game. You're never out of a game because that's how good of a player he is. That's what Patrick Mahomes brings to a football field. And even if he's losing, he's in it. Uh, that's the kind of guy I want quarterback in my team. I, I I'm starting to think that we, there may be a lot of truth to the, uh, by the time he retires, we may be looking at the greatest quarterback in NFL history lore. Uh, fun fact, um, Andy Reid is the only coach ever now, kind of makes sense, um, to because uh, not many coaches, when they had success at one place, did they end up going to another team in the middle of their coaching career, you know what I mean? And um, But uh, he's the only coach in NFL history now to uh, take a team three times at least in a row to a conference championship game with with home field. Um so nice, nice little, nice little uh, fun fact there. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. We'll see what uh, Kansas City uh, look. They they don't really use the running game. Their running game is basically their passing <laughs> and, and doing jet jet sweeps. Um, but I tell you what, Tony Romo, he hit the nail on the head. I don't know if you caught that during um, a, a key fourth and one in the game early in the first half was showing a play that they had ran four times during the season of a jet sweep motion with uh, basically Tyree kill going on an out route in the flat. 
um, on a fourth and one just to getting a quick two yards. And they did the exact same play yesterday, only this time when Tyreek Hill went in motion, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire did the exact same thing and went out in the flat. So that's going to be something I feel like they're going to adjust. But we'll, we'll touch Super Bowl week. You know, we're, we're not going to be boring on Super Bowl week because everyone just breaks down the game a million different ways. But we'll, we'll talk about it next week. Um, Tampa and Green Bay. Look, Tom... Tom, Tom Brady, <laughs> he, um, he, he now has one NFC. It's, it's one of those dumb stats that doesn't really mean a whole lot, but when you look at the big picture of things, it's kind of crazy. Um, one NFC championship, same as Drew Brees, same as Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know, I, and he, the kicker with this whole thing is, uh, I don't know if you know this, but he, uh, actually gets a $500,000 incentive for, uh, getting them to the Super Bowl. Um, but that game yesterday had all the momentum on Green Bay's side. Look, it is absolutely horrendous now that he didn't go for the touchdown. Because when you look at the hindsight of things, they still had three timeouts. They would have been inside of, you know, Tampa would have been inside Green Bay's 10. You know what I'm saying? They would have been on their own 10-yard line. And they still had all three timeouts. They still had the two-minute warning. Um, you got to go for it in that situation. You can't. Now, maybe what he's thinking is, let's take the points. We still have the three timeouts. And, you know, if I don't get it, you know, oh, my gosh, you know, we then we're backed up and, and, you know, we might not have enough time to run a play. But you got to you got to make the you got to make the call on that decision to go for it. And also the play before that, Aaron had a lot of open grass field there to like at least run to like the one yard line. I don't know if he would have got a touchdown, but. Those are the plays that stick out to me. Also the play at the end of the first half, right? That's where it's like, mm, it's kind of hard to come back from that down 21, 10 going in the first half. Now they did, they did. And all the momentum kind of went back on their side for a time being there, but also the penalty at the end where they called pass interference. And a lot of people say it's tripping of the feet or tanglement or whatever. I mean, you don't want, penalties to be the outcome of what people look out look at but it's gonna happen and you know Aaron was yelling at the ref on the sideline Matt LaFleur and over and over and over and every Green Bay player um but the game had already been won at that point before the pass interference call so that was the better game of the day clearly um the the, the question for me is in that game at the end of the first half when, when you're going on blitz zero, why, why does it seem so frequent this year that like those plays have happened where wide receivers just get back into open space with no safety over the top in touchdowns, right? Like the Raiders game, you know, I, what has happened with that? I mean, going back to your point about the refs being the outcome of games, people like to do that. And, and we, <laughs> being WVU fans of sports, I think we might understand that better than almost anybody because WVU fans are notorious for, oh, I can't believe they called that foul. That's what lost us the game. I can't, it's not, it's not it. Because if you score more points than the other team, whenever you're on offense and you make shots or score touchdown, that's how it's going to work. But, but that, that's an interesting point because honestly, that might be the play that I circled that was the momentum shifter because the, the two things that I single out that play 
because when you come into the end of the first half, the last thing that you want Tom Brady to have coming into the second half is any sort of momentum. So to be able to put yourself up by an additional, you know, an additional touchdown at that point, um, not great because Tom Brady feels he he's starting to feel the the knife and is twisting it around a little bit to say, okay, this is, this is getting close to the end and, and we can really put the dagger in this. Now, certainly the game ended up being closer in the, in the second half and, and Green Bay came back, but uh, six points on three turnovers. You don't get to pick Tom Brady off three times very often to turn it into six points. Not great. Not great at all. You have to be better than that. I mean, that's just the, the fact of the matter. You have to imagine that green Bay fans, I, I mean, this, this is so obvious, but you have to imagine that they're disappointed because it, it just seems like there's a hump in green Bay that they have not been able to get over since they won super bowl 45 you know, going on almost 10 years now or 10 years now to where you're like, how do you have one of the best quarterbacks in football and you just can't figure it out whenever it comes to the divisional round or the championship weekend every single time? It's it's extremely frustrating, but it it's still crazy that Tom Brady, um, <laughs> there was a stat about him and, and we'll talk about him a little bit more here in, in our next segment, but just the amount of Super Bowls that he's played in, 10 Super Bowls, you know, elating it or equating it to the fact of like LeBron James playing in 10 finals in the NBA. It's it's just crazy the level of dominance that these people have. And people still want to minimize their accomplishments and say, oh, well, LeBron's had this person or LeBron's done this or Tom Brady, you know, well, he had this or that. Just stop. Just shut up. Let them, let them be great. We, we as folks who are not fans of them, hate them because they are great. And, and, you know, that kind of makes it fun in a sense because these two players have dominated the scope of sports almost in the same time frame. Tom Brady slightly before LeBron James, but these two athletes have dominated so much in the scope of sports that you just have to take a step back and say, wow, there, is, there may never be another athlete like these two people for a, for a long, long time. We may not see it again. No, no, we <laughs> We really may not, and um, it's ironic that, you know, they're the first team to host a um, a home Super Bowl, but we've talked about that. Like, the Super Bowl crowd deals corporate, and also um, they won three road games. <laughs> they won three road games, and they're hosting a home play, like a home playoff game, home Super Bowl. You know, that that's ironic in itself, and it's also the first time, fun little nugget before we move on here, um, first time in NFL history uh, in the Super Bowl era where uh, the last two teams to um, win the Super Bowl are going to be um, facing each other. Uh, two quarterbacks. Two quarterbacks, that's right. Um, so it's yeah. something. It's something. Um, so tailing off that, welcome to Conversation Corner. It's going to be our new um, – Tuesday segment, um, and Ryan, you want to give the people what Conversation Corner is? Yeah, so Conversation Corner, almost exactly what it sounds like, is just pulling in a couple topics from each uh, sports week that are a little bit just more open discussion. It's not necessarily saying, uh, you know, a buy or sell type deal where it's a hot take. It's, it's just kind of discussing the hot entertainment and sports topics that have came up uh, and really going a little bit more in depth with them just to kind of 
not just scrape the surface of the issues because with any sports story or entertainment story, there's always more that you can talk about. So uh, that's kind of what Conversation Corner is, is just a little bit more of a deep dive into these um, topics or maybe not even issues, but just the stories of sports and, and kind of how much farther we can get into them. And they're going to be completely different than buy or sell or hot take six, because those are our opinions. This is just like Ryan said, this is just conversation and like stuff we want to like talk about. And it, it really gives us, uh, I think, more diversity as well. Cause like, I mean, it, with the basketball season, you know, we could talk about basketball, hockey, whatever, and, you know, really dive deep than just read scores and recaps for you guys. Um, and, and that's what we're trying to do ultimately for you is, is bring, uh, you know, different, uh, you know, segments and different ideas. So let's dive right into it. The, the first out of the, the two topics um, is, is Tom Brady. Tom Brady, um, a stupid NFL stat. Uh, he has played um, in the Super Bowl 10 times. That's stupid in itself, but he has been, he has been to the Super Bowl more in his career out of the, uh, out of his career than he has not. Um, in his healthy seasons, in his healthy 19 season career. How insane is that? Um, he has, um, as I talked about in the recap, he has a half million dollar incentive um, for getting Tampa to the Super Bowl. He is the first quarterback in NFL history to take a team to the Super Bowl as a starting QB at 40 years old, not just once, but you know, now tack that on two more times, obviously. Um, I mean, just more stupid stats. He, he has, um, I mean, you could go with these all day. He has 17 wins in the postseason. Um, that is, uh, well, 17, uh, I forget what it was, but he has more wins than quarterbacks like Dan Marino, Peyton Manning, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Um, I think Tom Brady has 31 or 32 wins and the next closest has 16. He's basically doubled. It, whoever's that, in that's what it was. Yes. Yes. Excuse me. Um, I mean, the guy's just so good. And I talked about it on Friday episode, uh, Friday's episode. Can't speak. He, I'll say it. We're, we're a part of history, obviously, but Jordan Brady tiger. You could put Derek in there, I guess, if you Michael want. Michael Phelps. But, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you could put Michael in there if you want. I mean, he he's uh, the greatest greatest Olympian of all time. He won the eight at Beijing in a way. But what Tom has done, it's just phenomenal. And the people who hate him, I think, hate him because he is so good. Because he does continue to go back to the Super Bowl. I mean, when you look at it if you didn't put him at the greatest quarterback of all time before the Falcons Super Bowl, you have to after, right? Because he was down 28, three and came back and wins in overtime. The only Super Bowl that's been in overtime this far uh, throughout Super Bowl history. Now uh, reports. I remember when he signed with Tampa, one reason he chose Tampa over Vegas was because he wanted to be the first ever player on a team to go to a Super Bowl as the home team in that stadium in the city that was hosting the Super Bowl. That was like 45% of his decision, apparently, over choosing them over Vegas. Hindsight, it worked out for him. But I mean, the guy, I, 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 wonder, I wonder what his legacy is going to be outside of him being the best quarterback of all time, because I feel like people still put Peyton in that. 
Uh, people still put Dan in that, you know, Dan Marino. People still put, you know, other guys like Jim Kelly who might not have won a ring, um, Joe Namath. But he has to be the, the best, right? And he's definitely the best winner. The, the only other quarterback that I – I think that I always used to do the Tom Brady and Peyton Manning debate – um, more because they faced off against each other more, right? So, I mean, you can kind of clearly see the 1v1 matchups to say, okay, Tom Brady has won more of these and he has more Super Bowls, Peyton this, Brady that, whatever. That That's an easy comparison because you can physically see it. The, the other quarterback that I would put in that discussion that I think carries a weight uh, of the greatest of all time is Joe Montana. And Joe Montana, obviously – um, similar to, and, and I'm not comparing them, don't, don't misunderstand what I'm saying, but in the similar sense of Michael Jordan won every single Super Bowl that he was ever a part of. Michael Jordan never lost a final. Joe Montana never lost a Super Bowl. Fair enough. What Tom Brady has done in the salary cap era of sports, mind you, an, an era where players change teams regularly, there is never continuity of sorts. Um, it, it will never be done again. The only, the only, and you might even <laughs> compare it out to like a team sense. The only thing that I can think of in NFL history that slightly compares to it, actually, it's not even NFL history. Technically, uh, the NFL absorbed them, but is the All-American Football League of the 50s where the Browns played in, I think, 10 straight championships. But, I mean, that's, again, it's the 1950s. There's eight teams in the AAF. It's just, it, it, there's no comparison to it. Tom Brady has consistently been the greatest quarterback of this generation, and, and I'm ready to say he's the best of all time. I mean, I used to waver on the lines of, um, you know, oh, well, Montana has won every single one that he's been in, and Brady hasn't. Um, you know, Manning as a, maybe a, a quarterback was a better, maybe with mechanics and stuff. I, I don't really care about that anymore. What Tom Brady has done as a player, as an athlete, and will ultimately end up doing, if, if this is his last season, if he plays two more seasons, it doesn't matter. But Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. And it's crazy to me because there's absolutely nothing left for him to prove. What else, what else do you need to see from Tom Brady that you would say, Oh, I, I feel like Tom Brady still has to do that. I mean, maybe he goes to the Jets and wins the Super Bowl. I mean, that's kind of like the last thing that you would say, oh, well, you, okay, now he's the greatest. But it, it, joking aside, there's just nothing left. We've seen it all. He's done it all. And if, if he wins this one, what there is, there is nothing else you can say. He is the greatest quarterback of all time. If you hate him, you hate him because he's good. You hate him because he beats your favorite team all the time. You hate him because you have to see him for nine months out of the year as opposed to six. It it doesn't matter. It, it does not matter. Tom Brady has done something that we will never see again. And his run with the Patriots, and, and now you have to loop the Buccaneers in there. It's unmatched. It's unmatched. There's there is nothing else like this in the history of sports. Um, you know, even even looking at like Michael Jordan. I mean, Michael Jordan, for instance in my opinion, the greatest basketball player ever, we can debate that in another conversation corner about him and LeBron, but he was able to win six out of his six championships. But, you know, there was that period in the beginning of his career where he was not able to make finals and he was not able to get over those pumps. 
and yeah, you know, Tom Brady had the unfortunate circumstance of playing like a Peyton Manning a couple times and Manning got over him a couple times, but Tom Brady got over him significantly more. And for him to be as good as he's been for 21 years now, it's, it's absurd. I mean, you, you might even talk about him in the list of the greatest athletes of all time. Certainly top five. I, I think he's solidified himself as the greatest quarterback and, and we'll talk about greatest player soon enough whenever I think he's up there with a guy like Jerry Rice and among others. Yeah, and, and, and what makes it so amazing is it's not just a COVID year, obviously, right? I mean, you know, we're all still going through that as a country, but uh, it's also amazing he's doing this without Bill when everyone said that he can't win without Bill, that the two need each other to have a great amount of success. And you saw Bill as great as a coach he is, can't just plug anyone in if they don't fit their, his system and his style. Whereas Tom, he, you know, was plugged in and he's going to the Super Bowl. I mean, they're both still the best two at their positions of all time, head coach and quarterback, but it's just ironic that one's going to the Super Bowl and the other is probably going to end up playing golf here in a couple of weeks and, you know, going back to the war room, watch film. I mean, mind you, though, that the marriage between them, in my opinion, is necessary because I don't think either one of him would either one of them would have had quite the success without the other. Now, certainly Tom Brady has has had success without Bill Belichick. I'm not denying that, but for one season. But the point is, I think through those maybe impressionable years, like Brady, Brady and Belichick basically did it together. I mean, Belichick and Brady came in around the same, I think it was the same year, 2000. So, I mean, they learned a lot about each other and learned to work with each other. So that marriage was necessary because, and I won't get too deep into this, but you look at other quarterbacks, you change coordinators and coaches all the time. They're just not meant to succeed because you are basically screwing them with with something like that but Tom Brady was built for success and so was Bill Belichick and the marriage was necessary but clearly Brady has established himself to say hey you know what I I didn't need him to do it I can still do it on my own couldn't have said it better myself the other topic in conversation corner has to deal with streaming (laughs) um ironically and it has to deal with the big, big news over the weekend, and Ryan did a TikTok for us, um, that uh, Peacock is going to be primarily the home. Now, it's already, NBC's already the home in the United States for Olympic coverage to begin with. So all a lot of the Olympic events this season, this year, I should say, will be on Peacock. So that's first. Second, they're shutting the NBC Sports Network down. That's gone through different iterations. Used to be called Versus, but it started in 1995. And when you worked at that network, no matter what year, you were under the NBC umbrella. And it's going to move, it's going to shut its doors in December. A lot of it's going to move to Peacock. And then the other chunk will move to USA Network. Now, they think in the long term, it's going to benefit people because USA Network is in more homes than NBC Sports Network, which I found surprising. I didn't know that was a real, you know, I I thought they were both equal, you know what I mean? But, and you can promo stuff like shows on USA Network, whatever shows there are nowadays, I don't know, on USA Network. um, I know they run Law & Order uh, reruns all the time. But 
it's interesting because this comes on the heels a couple days before what we know now is WWE is going to be part of that. So as a sports fan, how do we go from navigating the streaming wars because it's going to become difficult? I mean, you had the ESPN plus fight and UFC's already the, you know, exclusive home for coverage and all signs point that like when that deal was up in seven years, they'll probably re-sign because it's been pretty successful for them. Now, I don't know how you get UFC fights or any of those kind of things outside of the United States, but how do we navigate our struggles as sports fans? Cause it's going to happen more and more, right? We're, we're going to have issues. I mean, you're going through it right now. Kind of part of it is because of your apartment complex, but you're going to end up finding the same issue that I'm going to find myself in probably in a couple months is, Hey, where can I get a Knicks game? If it's not on league pass, Oh, it's going to be on such and such for four 99 or five 99 a month. And you got to pay whatever. Um, the NFL Sunday ticket deal is, is up and they're going to have negotiations with Amazon prime video. They're going to have discussions with ESPN plus and here's something not shocking. They're going to have conversations with Peacock. Um, I, I don't know how we go from here in the streaming wars because I enjoy watching TV and movies just as much as you do, but I'm not trying to unload my wallet to get the sports coverage that I'm looking for. I think you said it in one of our previous episodes, and that is, is that if you add up all the streaming services that will seemingly be necessary over time, you're basically just paying for cable. So why, why would you, or, or like a dish or a direct TV. So basically why are you streaming all of these places when you could just have it all in one place? Isn't that kind of what cable and dish is in, in the first place is that it all comes to the same thing and you do, but the, I think the issue is, is everybody feels that they have to keep up with the Joneses at this point, because, um, you know, originally when Netflix came out and Hulu came out, that was kind of a big thing. And it hurt a lot of TV um, corporations, uh, one one other thing here real quick. I couldn't tell you one show USA Network's ever done. I, I mean, maybe if you were like, oh, but they did that. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, I've heard of that one, but I didn't know that. But um, I think about the cable packages that like the basic ones or the, you know, the direct TV ones and such. But like where we're from, being a Pittsburgh fan is even a little bit difficult because we don't get the Pittsburgh network. We, we, where we're located, we get the Baltimore and DC networks. So you can't get Pittsburgh games unless you either they, they play at a different time or you have the Sunday ticket. So you, you basically have to get it if you want to be a fan. And, and I think that, I think that simplifying it and putting it in one specific location, like an Amazon prime or, a t- or a, I almost said TikTok. If you could get everything on TikTok, people would go nuts. Uh, but uh, Peacock is, is what I meant to say. But um, if you could get everything in one central location, like an Amazon Prime, like a, uh, I almost said TikTok again, Peacock, um, I, I think that would benefit people. But again, it's almost like we're, we're creating more options, which I think creates more frustration amongst people. Because look, and we've, we've chronicled this throughout the last month or so, but you know, whenever I was upgraded, hanging air quotes, upgraded my cable and internet package, and I lost literally every sports channel that I had. My first call was to my apartment complex and said, uh, hey, I don't get ESPN, NBC, SN, AT&T Sports. I don't get any of them anymore. 
They're like, well, we'll let you know. Now here we are a month later and I have Fubo TV, but I, I digress on that. But the point is, is Fubo gives me everything that I want as a sports fan, but I'm pretty, I'm pretty easy to please when it comes as a sports fan. I want to be able to watch the Penguins and Pirates and Steelers. Everything else I can kind of maneuver and, and see how I want to see it and whatnot. But Fubo also gives you that benefit because it has a lot of the major networks. I, this is not a Fubo ad, I promise. But basically, if you want to watch just the biggest events of the teams in your markets, you should be able to do that. There should be a way to do that. If you if you say, you know, for, for your sake, Ryan, if you would say, you know, in an NBA thing, I just want to be able to watch Nick games. You know, I, I, you know, we'll take the other ones that are on network TV or part of another streaming package or whatever, but, you know, I exclusively want to be able to watch Nick games. I think you should be able to do that. There's absolutely no reason why you shouldn't be able to do that in this age, especially because, you know, as, as internet access becomes more prominent, I realize it's not everywhere. Um, but again, as that becomes more prominent, you know, you have fans like yourself who don't live in the New York market, but are fans of a team for whatever reason or another. Maybe you moved outside of it. Maybe you just picked them up. It doesn't matter. You should be able to you should be able to watch the games you want to watch without having to pay for four or five different services to find them. If you can centralize things. That's going to make it more simple for people. But I've never understood that when it comes to cable as, as many satellites and stuff as people you know, talk about. How can we not get the games and such that we want to watch? Sure, I want to watch the Super Bowl. Sure, I want to watch the World Series and the NBA and NHL finals, the, the Olympics, other you know big sporting events that people pay into and, and watch. But when it comes on a game-by-game -game basis, I just want to watch my teams and, and I'll kind of play around with whatever else is out there. So you have to simplify this for people because when it comes to markets and such things, people don't always understand when it comes to how TV works. They're just going to get frustrated. And especially when you give them 15 options and tell them to pick the best one for them, nobody wants to read that. It's like reading the terms and agreements on something. It, nobody cares about it. Um, that's a good point. Uh, it, that, it really is like that. But ESPN Plus, uh, when you do the $12.99 bundle or whatever, that's probably on the back half of people's minds because they're more focused on what can they watch on Hulu and Disney plus the only reason they're doing the bundle is, Hey, I get three services cheaper than if I was to pay for them separately. And you also on ESPN plus look, I'm a big UFC guy. I'm going to order the fight, but it's not going to do some something I'm going to do every single time because ultimately I don't have $60 to spend on a UFC fight, you know, 12 months a year you know what i mean and when you look at it espn plus out of the sports category in the streaming cycle kind of the loser because with peacock you're now getting wwe you're getting olympics this year you know that's a every four-year thing but then the winter olympics i'm pretty sure in 2022 winter so that's going to be six months after that you're going to get hockey games. You're, you already have a dedicated 24-7 sports channel. And all of that is mostly free, but you can upgrade for four bucks. And it's clear that NBC shutting a network they've had since 95 and moving half to Peacock and the other half to USA Network for Premier League games, you know, NHL games, Olympics, whatever. All their chips are on this to make this the dominant 
all around category. You know what I mean? Like Netflix is just streaming. Disney is just streaming. Peacock, it seems, wants to be streaming entertainment sports. And I don't know. We'll see what happens going forward. It's uh, hopefully it doesn't break our banks because there's another service coming out March 4th. And, you know, me and you have talked about what that one is. Neither you were paying for that one, but. So let me, let me ask you one more question with this, when it comes to like sports, just, just for an in general type thing. If you could have a streaming service, do you remember on like old NCAA games and Madden games? I, I guess they did it with NBA games. I didn't have as many of them. Uh, you would log into a Madden game and it would say, well, pick your favorite team. And then the loading screen would be, you know, all Steelers content or all Eagles yeah. content or whomever your team was. If, if you could basically go through an interest list of sports that you wanted to watch on a streaming platform, for instance, and you could say, okay, when well, the NFL, I would like to, and you could even play it out. You could say, I just want all NFL games. I want all NFL games. I want only like the Eastern Conference of basketball. And then of course, like playoffs would be different. Um, you know, I, I just want like one team in baseball because I don't care enough to, you know, watch everything else. I want UFC because I love UFC. I mean, can't we make something like that viable? I feel like we should have something like that by this point. Probably the closest thing to that is ESPN Plus, but I'm not going to tune in to watch, you know, a regional broadcast simulcast that they're putting on ESPN Plus between the Mariners and Astros on a Wednesday at 7.05. Right. Peacock, it's like national games that they're airing on that they would have aired on NBC Sports Network or Premier League. Game. I mean, they aired the man. I know you don't watch Premier League. Man, I'm, I love Premier League now. Can you tell? But they aired. Just wait until NASCAR starts. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, they'll air NASCAR on, on Peacock. Um, right. Manchester United and Liverpool. That was just an exclusive Peacock thing. I mean, they seem like they're nailing it down and they aired the Cleveland Pittsburgh game on Peacock as well. You know, Chris and Al were the broadcast team, but it was still a simulcast, and it still was pretty amazing. So I am very interested to see where all this goes because um, it's clear that it ain't going away anytime soon, and we're going to have to I, – ideally, I think at this point, if I had to make a, a bold, bold prediction, because Sunday ticket – it's almost 99% not going to go back to direct TV. And I don't know if you've ever had Sunday ticket. I'm more of a red zone yeah. guy because it was more affordable, but it's almost hundred percent certain that Peacock will either decide between Amazon because they already have a pre-existing relationship with them or Peacock because they're owned by NBC and they feel the broadness of what they offer is good for them. So it's going it, to, it's probably going to come down to one of those two and uh, who knows, Ryan, you might have to end up finally getting Peacock. You know, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be opposed to it. You know, if you're going to air a bunch of NHL and, and NASCAR and NFL, I mean, if that's the one, if you could put everything on there, I would do it. But at this point, when we're talking about there's still a big separation of everything, it, it, it feels confusing. But, you know, whenever it becomes more clear and again, we can actually read the terms and conditions, I'll do it. Well, I felt like that was a good uh, way to introduce Conversation Corner. If, um, you know, if there's something that you guys want to see us talk about, you know, hit us up on uh, Instagram or Twitter or uh, shoot us an email. We, you know, we would love suggestions and 
uh, we could dive deeper into those. But Ryan, we uh, another good show in the book. Unfortunately, our interview, you know, we lost part of that, but uh, we have a great interview coming Friday. And, uh, you know, we're just going to keep churning out content here coming Super Bowl week. Yeah, it's going to be fun. But seriously, on, on your point there, let us know if there's a topic you want to hear discussed in Conversation Corner or there's something that's kind of uh, big in the sports world that you think we missed. Let us know. We want to talk about it. You know, send us a, send us a DM or send us a, a tweet us, Facebook, Facebook us, email us. It doesn't matter. Just let us know because we know we can't cover everything. That's kind of why we have our Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, and TikTok. But if, if there's something you want to hear about discussed on the show in more depth, just let us know. And uh, we'll see everyone Friday. We'll see you all then.